First, uh, thank you, Jason Dabosky, uh, for reading the scripture this morning. Jason and Leanne and their family, four kids, I believe, are uh, part of our family in the last few months, so we certainly do welcome them. Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, here we are, uh, first Sunday of Advent. The first candle is lit, and uh, beautiful decor. Thank you, decor team, for, uh, for all that you've done. And first major snowfall during the week. Uh, awesome winter delight yesterday. Many of you were there. I don't know, Pastor Norb, how many we had, but they kept coming and coming and coming, and those sleighs kept going around the fields. We had a wonderful time. And, uh, and then today, uh, last Sunday, uh, of our series, Just Imagine. And, and then I heard that there's a little old football game sometime this afternoon or something, so some of you might have an interest in that. We don't do this very much, uh, where we dedicate a whole series of messages uh, to a specific emphasis of enlarging our vision, looking down the road to see where God might be taking us in the, in the days and weeks and months and years ahead, and then practically supplying the human and the uh, financial resources to make that possible. But uh, we've, we've taken a month to, to do that, and we've talked about the power of a dream and the power of a going faith and the power of a seed and uh, today the power of generosity. And these beautiful paintings uh, kind of tell the story of our, of our journey, and they're beautiful. And Tiffany is uh, our local artist, and she's painting this morning again the power of generosity Thank you, Tiff. Come and say a word about what you're painting today. I chose biblical themes for all of these uh, paintings, with the exception of this being not directly out of a Bible story. Um, the image that came to me when I thought of generosity was Jesus talking about children and just the faith of a child and that complete trust um, in everything that we have that we can give to God. And it's not just about money. It's about money. Because Jesus says, where, where your money is, there is your heart, your heart also. But that everything that we have is his, and just this pure trust with absolutely no doubt or fear, the way my kids look at me sometimes. Sometimes. Um, uh, so I have Jesus holding her hand, and they're gazing at each other, and in the other hand, a little piggy bank. Um, years ago, I had to raise a bunch of funds for a ministry that I was involved in and it was a big number and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that and it was scary and a lady told me um, in the middle of a crisis that I was having was like oh I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this she said Tiffany don't worry whatever God orders he pays for just keep going and uh, that was so powerful for me and for me the money came in and it just my faith grew and grew and grew and I realized God is so much bigger than our dollars, but he wants all, all of us because he wants to be God of everything so that he can empower us to do incredible things. It frees us. So that's what I was thinking when I painted that one. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Let's give Tiff a big hand for the work she's done. And can I just say thank you to all of you for your incredible affirmation as we ask uh, God to lead us forward 
Um, thank you for your hearts for the kingdom. It, it's incredible. It means so much. Thank you for your heart for God. And, you know, uh, we don't just want to wander along. We want to intentionally walk the kingdom road that God has called us to. And I know we, always, uh, we, we won't always get it just right, but we'll give it our best, right? And we'll ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we don't want in any way for this uh, financial initiative to be a stress in your home. I hope it won't be. Uh, we all have our commitments that we need to take care of in our homes, but I know you've been praying and I know you've been discerning and we know God will lead. So follow God's heart and however he leads you, we just trust him uh, for all that he's going to do uh, even today. And so today after this brief message, and actually it will be kind of brief, just imagine, just imagine that. And after the message, we're going to call for the ushers and uh, we're going to collect our morning tithes and offerings. And that would be a great time in the service uh, to put in our commitment cards uh, into the offering basket. So then we're going to have our treasurer uh, who is going to do a, a quick tabulation of all the commitment cards. And at the end of the service, Brad, our chair, will announce exactly where we're at in our commitment to the Just Imagine financial initiative. So we're going to have that announcement at the very end of the service, something to look forward to as we just kind of see our collective part in uh, what God is doing here as we look to the future. And there are commitment cards uh, in envelopes in the Sunday News today, and I know the ushers have more uh, back here if you, if you need one, so uh, you're welcome to, to ask them. So I have to speak kind of rapid-fire today uh, to say some of the things that are bubbling in my heart, and I'm going to try to put them in your inbox as fast as I can. So are you ready? got an email this week from uh, a friend with nothing more than a quote from the well-known Presbyterian pastor out of New York City. Uh, his name is Ta Tim Keller, I and mean, many of you are, are reading some of the things that Tim is writing. He's prolific. He's a great contributor to the kingdom. Uh, these days, and he wrote this, a lack of generosity refuses to acknowledge that your assets are not really yours, but God's. Now, yeah, I kind of have to mull on that just because the way it's phrased. You have to kind of mull on that for a little bit, but they're, they're awesome words. They're timely words. A lack of generosity signals that we have a difficult time giving ownership to God for everything in life. Even though the bottom line is he owns it all. And we know that. It's not ours, but through the journey, our, our hands want to close. Why is that? Through the journey of life, our hands tend to want to close. There is something that, that, that happens in life that makes our hands want to close. What is that? So our theme is the power of generosity. Really, the power of opening our hands, opening our hearts. I've read, but I've not personally done a count, but I've read that there are about 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. All kinds of promises. But in the Bible, the number one thing that God has promised is connected to this thing called generosity. 
And that's fascinating because obviously God is trying to tell us something. Why is that quality so important to God? So much so that he puts more chips in this basket than any other basket. This is the one that seems to be really, really important to God. The generosity chip. And it all comes down to what God wants to do in us to shape us and to release us and to release us to love, to release us to give. You know, you can give without loving. And sometimes we do. Oh, well, I'll take that. Here it is. If you want it, take it. But, you know, you cannot love without giving. It's impossible. When you love, you cannot help yourself. You find yourself giving. It's incredible. When you really love someone, when you really love God, there's no way you can do anything else but give. It's the essence of love. Generosity is love in action, and it relates to how we give ourselves our time and our energy and our resources and our praise and our encouragement and our words and our ability. All of that is just part of that big word called generosity. So let me give you about four things that God wants to do in us as he develops and he matures us in this whole area of generosity. First of all, God wants to shape our hearts so that they look more like Jesus. God wants to shape our hearts so they look more like Jesus. I wonder how many of you as parents or uh, maybe even grandparents have taken one of your children through a drive-in place like A&W or uh, McDonald's and you have ordered fries for your son or daughter because that's what they wanted. Now, you didn't order any for yourself because you didn't want any or because it's not healthy for you or uh, supper is coming and you didn't want to spoil your supper or whatever. But you didn't order anything for yourself, but you ordered something for your son or daughter. But as you were driving home, they do smell good. Mmm, those fries. And you reach over and you take one of those fries from your son or daughter. And do you know what they say? Hey, you can't have that, Dad. These are my fries. Does that sound familiar? These are my fries. Get your hands off of them. Buy your own. Now, <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> now, it would appear that your son or daughter has forgotten that you are the source of all fries. You are the one that bought the fries. They would not have the fries except for you. Beyond that, you think a little bit about this and, and you, your thoughts go a little further depending on how offended you were at not being able to share the fries. You might just say that, well, I'm taking the fries. Nobody's having fries here. You can't have them either. If, if we can't share them, nobody has fries. You're a little ticked. Or another thought might come your way, and that is that you turn around, go back to the A&W, and buy a super, super, super large bunch of fries, and you say, these are mine. Keep your hands off, kid. 
I bought them and they're mine. And because I have the power, I'll buy as many as I want and you're not having any. Hmm. How do you respond? But what you really want to do as parents, as a dad or mom or grandparent, what you really wanted to do in the midst of this standoff was to help your son or daughter learn unselfishness. You wanted to help them learn how to share. You wanted them to be able to say, hey dad, hey mom, sure, have one. Hey, and thanks for buying them for me. I'm happy to share them with you after all. You bought them. They're yours. So thanks for giving them to me. And here, have another one. Oh, if we could accomplish that, we would say at the end of the day, that was a good day in parenting. That was a good day. God is the greatest fry giver in the world, isn't he? He loves to pass out the fries. He loves to buy them for you. Oh, there's a bunch of fries. That's God. That's how God blesses. And when he gives them, what he's looking for is appreciation, acknowledgement that they're not our fries, and a willingness to share them with everybody. (laughs) And what that does for us is enormous. It makes our hearts surge with joy. It brings transformation so that our hearts look more like the heart of Jesus. I mean, there is no one who has given more fries, more love, more kindness, more forgiveness than Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the heart of Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. So generous with his position. So generous with his love. So generous with his very life. So God wants to shape our hearts so that they look more like Jesus. I wonder when he sees us being gracious, generous givers, if he says, oh, this has been a good day. This has been a good day. My children understand. My children are learning the secret that will transform their hearts. And he does that through cultivating uh, in us generous hearts. Second thing I want to say this morning is that God wants us God wants to build our faith so we trust Him. He wants to build our faith so we trust Him. And He does that through teaching us to be generous. Can I just say this? I'm so grateful to God for these past 12, 13 years. I I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to have missed the experience in my life of, of this ministry at TCC because they have helped me so much in my own development of faith. As I've watched God just move among us, as I've watched God answer one prayer after another, I have grown in my faith 
And I have to admit to you, uh, there are times when I wondered about the timing of God. There have been times when I've wondered about if God was really in control. There are times when I, I have to say I was disappointed when some things didn't come together as I thought they should. <laughs> but I've also looked back and I said, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Oh, it was too short-sighted. You had more. I was ready to settle for less. I, I would have taken less, but you had more. And you had us wait, and you gave us an amber light, or you gave us a red light, and, and then you gave us a green light. And Mark and I made a commitment last time around to the building project five years ago, and it was a faith pledge. We didn't have the money in hand then, as, uh, as many of the rest of you didn't, but it's been faith-stretching, and we've grown, and we've matured in our faith, and we're glad to do it again because we're excited about what God's doing in the future. And Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 9.13, and the context here is the churches in Corinth and Asia Minor are collecting funds for the mother church back in Jerusalem because things were difficult back home. And Paul says, For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Your generosity speaks of your heart for God and it grows your faith and it increases your faith and your faith matures. You know, what is the fear associated with generosity? When you stop to think about it, what is that fear connected with generosity? The fear generally is, at least in my life, that we will give too much away. That we won't have enough for ourselves. I think that's the fear that I face. That we, it might be time, it might be energy, it might be finances, that we'll give too much away and that we won't have enough for us. And we will be stressed. We become anxious because we're a little unsure if we're generous. We're a little unsure if I'll have enough for me. So it becomes a fear, it becomes an anxiety that we have to struggle with. But generosity actually serves us well in growing our faith. We come to trust God. We come to see, oh, wow, he's there. We come to know that he'll take care of us. And we watch him do that over and over and over again. And you know what happens? Gradually, we begin to release our hands to an open posture. And we say, Lord, it, of course, of course it's all yours. Help me be a good manager of everything you've blessed me with. The third thing I want to say is that God wants us to experience his blessing. God wants us to experience his blessing. We, we live in a mindset where we somehow believe that God's out to get us or he wants to stop us in our tracks or whatever thought the enemy wants to put in our minds. How difficult it is to sometimes really believe that God wants to bless us. Now, don't hear me overextending this or being out of balance. Uh, not a reference here to prosperity gospel or anything like that. But just simply a reminder that God is a God of blessing. He loves to bless. And He especially blesses generous hearts 
Why? Because their hands are stretched out, their hearts are open, their hearts are responsive. Lord, it's all yours. And it just opens the door for God to pour his, uh, into us his life. Your heart's open. So if you want to have the blessing of God, open your hands. Open your hearts in great generosity. And just re- release it all to God because, uh, as the psalmist says, the whole world belongs to God. It's all his. Release it to God. Give freely of your heart, of your time, of your substance. And somehow the more you give away, the more it fills right back in again. The more you give away, the more it fills right back in again. Jesus says that to us. Look at Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's Jesus. That's the blessing of God. That's just who God is. And that's one of the things that God wants us to learn about him. That he owns all the fries. And he loves to give them to us. But it's hurtful when he hears us saying, can't give anything back to you, God. They're mine. These are mine. You can't have them. He says, oh, really? But actually, I have so much more. Not just fries, I mean, those are small fries. But you should, you should see what I have for you. You can't even imagine <clears throat> what I have for you. Why would you stop the generosity? I want you to learn the art of generosity. I want you to learn to stretch your faith. I want you to learn that I'm a God of blessing. I want you to experience my blessing. Don't miss it. Look at this verse. It's from Paul's pen in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 to 11 from the message. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything more than just ready to do what needs to be done. That's awesome. That's the Word of God. Finally, God wants you to know that your generosity will make an eternal difference. Uh, Being at Winter Delight yesterday... Have you ever wondered about being in heaven and somebody in heaven coming up to you to say thank you for all your efforts in sponsoring Winter Delight? Winter Delight. Remember uh, TCC put on those events in the community? Well, that was my connection first to a bunch of people I'd never met before. Then as I got to know people, I got to know God. And I'm here today because someone connected with me and someone invested in my life and along my journey I came to know the Savior and that's happening an investment imagine someone from the country of Cameroon saying to you one day you invested in certain projects in Cameroon 
You taught over there. You were a nurse there. You sent financial resources there. And I was in Banso Hospital. And someone there led me to the Lord. And I'm in heaven because someone had a heart for Cameroon. Someone had a heart for Cameroon. That's actually how it works. We invest in something that's going to last not just a hundred years, but for all eternity. It's a heavenly investment. And here's what Paul said in the passage we read earlier, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Tell them, the rich, to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. In the coming days, uh, with the five priorities uh, kind of etched upon our hearts, we're going to invest in those things which will last for all eternity. Paul says in 1 Timothy 5, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And that's our investment for the future. And Paul says it's like storing up treasure in heaven. And one day everything we've owned and worked for on this earth will suddenly be gone. We're going to lose it all one day. But everything we invest in others and in the kingdom is going to be stored up in heaven. It's a heavenly investment. And God wants you to know that your generosity will make an eternal difference. So the power of generosity, power of generosity. God wants to shape our hearts so that we look more like Jesus. God wants to build our faith so that we, we, we trust him more. God wants to actually experience his blessing. And God wants you to know that your generosity will make an eternal difference. Just imagine what God's going to do. Just imagine TCC in the next five years. Just imagine people crossing the line of faith and obedience to who Christ is. Just imagine people being discipled. Just imagine a safe place for refugees or for our international community. Just imagine connecting with our community geographically in greater ways. And just imagine our youth being cared for and many of them crossing the line of faith and being loved and encouraged and growing up to love Christ. So the paintings, oh, didn't see that one get hung there. Barry, you were behind me while I was talking. Good for you. The power of a dream, power of a going faith, the power of a seed, and the power of generosity. Just imagine. Amen. In a moment, I'm just going to call the ushers to come forward. Uh, we're going to receive uh, our morning tithes and offerings. Uh, but this morning, as I said, we're also going to receive our uh, commitment cards to Just Imagine. And these are our commitments uh, for the future, uh, for the next three years, five years. And... Uh, some have chosen to put this over a year or over three years or over five years, perhaps a monthly commitment, perhaps a yearly commitment, whatever works best for your situation. So, ushers, I'm going to invite you to come, if you would. And our treasurer, as I said, is going to run a quick tabulation of the commitment cards and, uh, and just announce at the end of the service uh, what that amount is. So let's pray together. Father God, thank you uh, for your heart 
for being such a generous, gracious God. Thank you for your heart and love for every person. You see down the road to where you want us to be and uh, who you want us to be. So we take your hand and, and we humbly ask you to guide us into the future. Lord, would you bless your people, uh, even this morning, as they offer themselves to you. Lord, would you bless these gifts now that we, we put upon your altar as our commitment to the future and as we invite you to lead us. Thank you for your faithfulness and thank you, Father, for the joy it is to follow you. It's the greatest joy in all the world to have a purpose outside of ourselves. So we bless you this morning. We thank you. We ask for your grace in Jesus' name.